The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. <laughs> hey, it's me,、yeah. Dick Cavett. Is a man with a lot of experiences. He's seen and heard a lot. The world knows him for his respected career in television. Across five decades, his TV interviews were and are fascinating. Nobody could engage a guest like Dick Cavett. Also, a comedian, columnist, an 11-time Emmy nominee and three-time winner. It's with great pleasure I say these words: Welcome, Dick Cavett. Hello, who is this? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's really childish.、Uh, hello to you too, sir. <laughs> Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome you. I decided that for this interview, I should kind of keep it spontaneous. Well, I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> What, by the way, how do I address you? You can call me Paul. I can. I, yes, I have permission. Okay, good. And I'll call you Mr. Cavett. You can call me Mr. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You know something that occurred to me. When I was watching a lot of your interviews, is how much do you think humor helped you as a television interviewer? Well, I think it makes all the difference. I mean,、um, who, who wants to hear something devoid of humor? <laughs>、uh, but we do get the chance all the time. Yeah, I, I think it's great help. It's、uh, I, I sort of started out to be a comedian magician combination.、Um, When I did my magic act in high school, yeah, comedy makes humor makes the difference. Oh, by the way, I'm in a slight state of shock. Oh yeah, yeah. I looked up the show and what was available that you can listen to and all that stuff, and then my eyes fell upon the following words. I just watched and am beyond disgusted with Paul Leslie and his wife's actions. Truly vile.、Hmm. Now, my question is: Were you wearing clothing during these actions, you and your wife, or just what the hell is this? Clothing. I mean, we're mostly clothed. I'm not sure. The. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how old this incident was because then, as I went to find more, I clicked it away and haven't found it back again. Did you have a scrap on the air with somebody? Or, a scrap? Or, yeah, a fight, fisticuffs.、Um, hmm.、Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm pretty docile. <laughs> oh wait, here it is. Your so-called deputy Paul Leslie. Maybe it's not the same Paul Leslie. No, I don't think that's me. <laughs> his, despicable, his despicable actions. Oh, it can't be. It's Desoto County. No, that's not me. Isn't that interesting that it's there under your name, though? Yeah, there's, there's.、Uh... What's that? I was just gonna say, if I were writing a paper about you, I would have to say one side of him is his despicable actions with his wife on television. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I send you the link for this? Please do.
please do. Yeah, I will. Okay. You had me on the edge of my seats. I thought, my gosh, what did I do? We always assume we did it, whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can... If nothing is delivered, I'll just get on a bus and bring it down to you. <laughs> this must be great excitement for the listener. <laughs> it is a first. We had a... a... man typing. <laughs> okay, uh, 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 I, I can finish this later. Okay, well, I'm sure. I have faith I'll get it and find out what this other Paul Leslie was up to. Yeah. Okay, brace yourself. Because with one flick of my finger, I think it's coming. The address was not recognized. Hmm. Because of this phone or something. It's whatmail.com. Gmail. G like, uh... D for debt diversify. No, no, G, G like, um... Grand. Oh, B. No, no, G, like um, Georgia. As as in Georgia. Yeah, Georgia yeah. on my mind. Gmail. This is really exciting, isn't it? <laughs> we, you, we could start talking while I fool with this. <laughs> we could. We we had we had last week Daniel Baldwin of the famous Baldwin brothers. Who admitted he oh, did? Yeah, yeah. He admitted he had done the interview in the nude, and we have now the first time ever on this show that the guest emailed me during the interview. <laughs> oh, oh, he the guest wasn't sitting beside you at the time. No, no, he he admitted <laughs> he admitted halfway through that he was in the tub. He said, "I'm in the okay. tub, by the way." <laughs> well, on that note. What's Hold that? a second. I got I need a hand free to hit a key. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then B as in boy. It's G, like grand, Gmail. Oh, as in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. At gmail.com. Okay, here comes the G, the M, the A, the I, the L, the dot, the C, the O, and guess what? Yeah. See if this lands in your lap. Let's see what happens. Your message has been sent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hang up and call back tomorrow? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. See. Wait a minute. Dick Cavett. Yes, yes. You've sent me an email. Okay. 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 Yeah. I got but it. Please let me know the outcome of this because I almost had to call my manager and say, "Do I want to go on a show with a guy whose wife and he perform unspeakable things uh, on television?" <laughs> that was not me. Not any it's my yet. kind of people, but it's not <laughs> his. <laughs> okay. On that note, do you regret or miss not being on TV? Not all the time, fortunately. But every so often I see something that I frankly think I could have done better or something I probably would have done worse but might learn from it. And 
and and remembering how nice it is to get the applause and see the audience looking up and grinning at you and loving you and with with exceptions of course um yeah but it 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 doesn't i'm not such a showbiz baby that it eats my heart out no well how do you think you would fit in with today's host the jimmy's jimmy fallon jimmy kimmel all these how do you think you would fit in in these days where do you what do you think your place would be I was going to pretend I've never heard of those names. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been on both of their shows, come to think of it. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I might... Tell me what you think. People have urged me to do a podcast. And I, I love other people's podcasts that I've been on, like uh, Gilbert Gottfried and... Um, I don't know, four or five others, some of whom I don't know. Um, what do I, I think? I think that kind of a nice uh, exercise in uh, sitting and talking and getting people to develop and display their follies and their good parts. <laughs> I was on uh, Alec Baldwin's first podcast, I believe. Yeah, he came out to the country, and uh, we did it there. And I can't pretend that a hundred people have said you must listen to it. It's just wonderful. Uh, obviously, like podcasts do, it's still there apparently. And um, we we really hit it off. So, and we got so funny, we broke ourselves up. And <laughs> sometimes that's more amusing to the people breaking up than to the audience, but. Apparently, this one was really a good one. What do you think of Alec Baldwin? Oh, he's a dreadful person. He's just... Oh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about the transsexual Alice Baldwin, who used to work at a club in the village. That's actually true. Uh, there used to be a drag club in Greenwich Village right next door to the legendary Hungry Eye. And sometimes the the girls and the boys and whatever combination of those was available in those days would, would come in and see my act and give me tips and tell me what was funny and had good times together. I don't know if it's still there. Hmm. what its name was. Man, this is an exercise in memory here. It had a witty name, that's all I can promise you. But uh, Gilbert does his show from his living room, as you may know, and under a huge portrait of Groucho Marx. It's nice. (laughs) It's a nice place to be. I think you could do a podcast, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you asked me what I think your place would be. I think it would be, uh, there's a lot of people that are just all interview, all just completely and totally fact-finding, and no humor. And then there are other people, it's all humor, and it's like they're just ragging on the person. And I think you would be the perfect blend of the two. Well, I may marry you. 
That's very, that's good to hear. It's always good to hear something that's praising rather than goodbye forever, Mr. Cabot, <laughs> <laughs> which I get from time to time. Have you ever heard me tell about the uh, prize bit of hate mail that I got from Waco, Texas? I have not heard this. It was years ago. And I came in the office, and my secretary had something. She kind of slid under something else, and I said, oops, something you don't want me to see. And she said, no, no, I guess it's all right. And she pulled out a stamped envelope, delivered, opened, and sort of reluctantly gave me the page to read. And I don't know what controversy it was mad about, or maybe I'd had uh, Jane Fonda on the night before, a couple nights before, something in time this letter to make it to New York. And it was hard to forget. It was Dear Dick Cabot, which is nice to begin with, you little sawed-off faggot communist shrimp. Hmm. Now, I took that as negative. <laughs> uh, but maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just sensitive. <laughs> little sawed-off faggot communist shrimp. Hmm. Um, that's a lot. Uh, by the way, there was a return address, and I wrote back, I'm not sawed off. <laughs> I wonder if they got it. <laughs> anyway. The the rock singer, David Lee Roth, he once said that the first time he got hate mail, he realized, I've made it. <laughs> he realized what? That he had made it. Oh. <laughs> Someone felt passionately one way or the other. He realized, I made it. Yep. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a sign that you, you're now part of the big boys club. <laughs> you wonder about the people. I had an idea once, and I'll always be sorry I didn't do it. Because I got a lot of nasty mail because of my sort of debut on television at the time of everything controversial of the decade uh vietnam and everything else and assassinations and threats and murders and i thought of taking the very nastiest ones i'm surprised letterman or somebody hasn't done this um, and go to their house <laughs> you know, That's ring the doorbell, and what would you get? Hello, is your mother home? Mom, there's somebody here at the door. Who is it? Tell her it's Dick Cavett. Dick Cavill, Cal Calvert. I don't know who it is. Well, you know what I mean. It, the possibilities are endless of what reaction you'd get, and. Including, oh my God, Dick Cavett, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a really funny thing. It could be very interesting, yes. I guess it would be physically conceivable if you were, say, doing a show in, in Hollywood and, uh, and, and pick out hate mail from the immediate area. You don't want to have to go to... Broken Bow, Nebraska, to 
possibly strike out. Of course, if you if you did an audio format, either radio or podcast, you could also just call them. <laughs> yeah, this is so. <laughs> hey, you know, per- perhaps the next time we speak, I will have done that. <laughs> or maybe we can get them on the on the line as we talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like putting yourself as a punching bag. <laughs> Seems okay to me. You were just mentioning Letterman a moment ago. I know he's got this monthly deal, but do you miss Letterman as he was, which was a daily part of the public? Oh yeah, I always like to. I, I like going on his show, and I like <laughs> watching it. Um, see if it's still online. Dick Cavett, Eddie Murphy. David Letterman. All right. If it is, you'll see one of the funniest things you've ever seen. Let's see. In fact, you could check now and see if it's there. Let me check here. Let's see. Yeah. Dick Cavett. Uh-huh. Eddie Murphy. Letterman. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Would this have been August of 1985? God, I don't know how long it was. Okay. I'm it s- might very well have been. Yes, it is online. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> wow. Well, you will, you will laugh at that. I suppose the highlight was when I presented Eddie as a complete surprise. Uh, a package of darky toothpaste, which you can <laughs> buy in Asia all over the place. <laughs> and he said, oh my God, look, at there's a, there's a brother on here in a top hat and he's got the biggest smile. <laughs> oh God, I miss him. I haven't seen him in a long time. You know, it's occurred to me, he's from the Midwest. You're from the Midwest. Carson was from the Midwest. Do you think that there's anything to that? I don't know, because I I figure you could probably think of the number of comparable people who work from the Midwest. But there does seem to be something, possibly, about the fact that the accent, which is erroneously referred to as the Midwestern no accent, it's the Midwestern accent, yeah, uh, it does seem to be more commodious or uh, easygoing for people, but I don't think that's really enough to explain it. But it's uh, it's possible. I, I think I've seen people maintain this. Somebody, oh yeah, they were talking about the, the network newscasters, the network uh, evening newscasters, and saying, you notice they all have that uh, uh, sort of Walter Cronkite and. Uh, they would name at least four or five who were from Ohio or such places. I don't know if anybody was from farther west than Nebraska, but possibly. At this point in your life, would you say that you're more living a leisurely life, or is would you still say it's pretty busy? Well, it, it, it's more leisurely in the sense that uh, 
nothing compares to getting up at seven or whatever in the morning, looking over your notes for that day that you also looked over last night, but were too tired to comprehend them, fall into bed, get up, breakfast, notes, go to the studio, spend the day figuring out the show, and then all you have to do after a day's work is go out and do 90 minutes of television and come home and read the notes for the next day. And yeah, it's a, that that's pretty well wall to wall. Yeah, anything that's not that is leisurely. <laughs> I mean this in the, not the place Hollywood, but the, the concept of Hollywood. Do you think that Hollywood is elitist? Gosh, that's the sort of question that would never occur to me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel I need somebody to handle it for me. I, I, I suppose in ways it, it is. I don't know what it has to be elitist about. <laughs> but if you can send me a list of things that are it's elitist about, I could answer you. Yeah, I, I know there, there's somebody who thinks in terms that I don't who could much better answer that for you. How's that for a chicken way of getting it? <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Do you think that in general, people who who pursue the entertainment or the public, a, pub, a very public life, do you think that they are more of followers or do you think that they are more of independent type people? Gosh, I don't know how, I, how, you, how you would find the answer to that without... Uh, examining them personally as well as how you see them on the air or in their films or whatever. I don't know. Or if they're elitists from Hollywood. Oh! So let me forget this. The great John Cheever, great American writer, he was on my show several times, and died a couple of years ago. Somebody asked him in an interview, how do you like it when you have to go out to California? And he allowed us how he hated it. And what he said was, when I'm out there in the Beverly Hills Hotel or whatever, and I wake up in the morning, I have to go instantly into the shower to keep from hanging myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of have that feeling about the place, too. Hmm. Although I had a rather happy time out there for about six months working for Jerry Lewis and another improbable development in my life. There's much to entertain you out there. And there are, if you have a few friends, you can take it. But I wouldn't want to be put to that test of living there, hmm. even though I did for six months. What was it about it that didn't suit you? That didn't what? That didn't suit you. I don't know, it was sort of cheesy looking and uh, <laughs> a, a lot of uh, junk um, lines the streets. There are, some, there are obviously very beautiful parts of it, too. Beverly Hills and Brentwood and those places where were illustrious movie people live are quite lovely, but 
I don't know, the atmosphere of the place itself, the rotten weather, um, smog. I don't need those. I wanted to ask you about your friendship with the great filmmaker Woody Allen. Yes. What do you think about Woody Allen? What what do people misconceive about him? Um, well, I'm amazed how many people are willing to misconceive as if he has been found guilty of something. He has not. He was never tried for anything. He was never even put up for what we call it when you've got enough evidence of somebody to uh, and 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 the district attorney type who said I wanted to go ahead with uh, accusation and so on but uh, I w- didn't want to hurt the little girl show me a prosecutor who gives a damn about a little girl if he thinks he has any chance of winning a case <laughs> And that's actually a botched quote from a lawyer friend of mine that he said is chicken. So he, and the moronicism of so many people out there, you know that he's a convicted child molester, somebody wrote. No, he isn't. And wasn't convicted and wasn't tried. Otherwise, you're perfectly correct. The marriage between him and Mia, people talk about. They were never married. Uh, the whole string of these things. It, I, I, it slightly amuses me to think of the brave actors who have sworn publicly they'll never work with him again. An idiot view of that is, how do they know they were going to be asked to work with him again? <laughs> but uh, he's a great filmmaker. He uh, has not been anything but uh, accused and had allegations, those were scrupulously vetted by the New Haven experts and child matters of this sort for weeks and weeks and gave him a clean bill of health. And so that whole story shows that he was put to bed back then. You don't want to run afoul of the ferals. No, the pharaohs have become a kind of hit squad on what he's dedicating their life to bringing him down. And um, that is unfortunate. And I would say his work will outlast theirs. Yeah. What about the guy himself? What is Woody like when you're around him? Oh, um, talkative, uh, obviously educated well-informed, doesn't ever crack jokes, as people say, but says brilliantly funny things. And I always kick myself I didn't immediately write down, as with time spent with Groucho. Why didn't I wear a wire? Many things are lost to the world because I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever interview... A female guest that was so attractive that it was distracting to interview her. Uh, do you have anyone in mind? <laughs> no, I'm just wondering. Oh, did I ever? Did I ever have 
attraction to the guest become a difficulty in uh, keeping my head level and uh, talking with her? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Next. <laughs> okay. You you don't <laughs> want to name names? Well, because I'm so afraid I'll leave five or six of them out. You know? <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I wanted to do like a little name association. If I named someone or something, and you just kind of say the first thing that pops into your mind, a little anecdote, whatever, is short. That could be dangerous. Okay. Okay. So, John Lennon. The first thing that pops into your mind when I say John Lennon. Accessible. Easy. Feel like you've known him before. Do you know the name David Frost? Oh, yeah. Some people watching my Lennon show, sometimes I check in to see how many viewers there have been on YouTube and watching the show originally. We're probably puzzled a little when at a certain point he said, Dick, what's your definition of love? We had spoken earlier, a couple of weeks earlier, about our mutual lack of admiration for David Frost. And um, that was Lennon's way of making me laugh and in an ornery way puzzling the audience. But, uh, and now Alec Baldwin, wherever we are, and he sees me before I see him, gets his chin almost on my the back of my shoulder and says, Dick, what's your definition of love? <laughs> Frost had these three dopey questions that he asked every time. And that was the one that <laughs> annoyed me. And Baldwin, and I would think a lot of other people, certainly John Lennon, the great Peter Cook, British comedian, great friend of mine, who died a few years ago from Beyond the Fringe, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Google anything on your computer that has Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, especially one called A Bit of a Chat, or an Edwardian sort of father falls into having to discuss sex with his young son. And it's one of Cook and Moore's masterpieces. A bit of a chat. Anyway, where was I? Frost. Oh, yeah, Peter Cook, who died a few years ago of alcohol, um, was asked by the BBC, or the London Times, I guess it was, uh, what... Uh, what regrets do you have about your life looking back? And he said, only one major one, really. I once saved David Frost from drowning. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and it's the truth. We're at a producer's pool up in Connecticut, and, and uh, Frosty apparently stepped into the wrong end. And not being a skilled swimmer, had to be lifted out by his hair, assuming it is his hair, by Peter Cook, who regretted it the rest of his life. They they all hated Frost. He stole their material. What about Joe Franklin? What's the first thing that pops into your head when someone mentions the late Joe Franklin? Norman Mailer. Because Joe had Norman on. More than once, I guess. 
and maybe this is the only time. And dear Joe wanted to make it clear that he knew the world of books as well as Norman. Not as well, but you know what I mean. That he he was no stranger to books, and to prove it, said. War and Peace. That was a big book, wasn't it? <laughs> and Norman said, uh, yes, big in many ways. Yes. And then he said, um, Pollyanna, the little girl who liked everything. That was a smaller book. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> and at that point, I had to go out and do a show, and I missed whatever the rest of the conversation was. A big book and a little book. <laughs> what misconceptions do you think there are about Dick Cavett that the public may have? Well, that I'm an intellectual. That's death. Don't get the tag intellectual stuck to you if you're going to be in television. I could never figure it out. I mean, I, I knew people who were genuine intellectuals. And I felt kind of sad that people would think I was, if, that, if that's what being an intellectual amounts to. And I could almost prove that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure how. But uh, that that always irritated me. The only intellectual on television, someone would say on the sidewalk. <laughs> I wouldn't want to put my hand over their mouth. But I, I think I pretty much survived. It's a sad comment, really. I mean, I don't think Buckley was much of an intellectual, but there are people who are. I had some of them on, and philosophy professor from Yale, and stuff like that, whenever I thought I could uh, sneak it in. What do you think they get right, the public, about you? Get right? Yeah, what do you think is maybe a conception that the public has about you that is in fact correct. Well, I, I, I'm always so hard. It's hard for me to know who the public is. I mean, is it a, a snaggletooth <laughs> who comes up and slobbers on you on the sidewalk, or is it uh, the late Adlai Stevenson, for God's sake? I really don't think the word public is uh, useful. Includes murderers and. Um, <laughs> it is very vast. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do very well on that one. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe it wasn't a good question on my part. You never know. <laughs> never admit that. <laughs> what would you say the secret of living a good life is? Good God, man. <laughs> That's a frost you question. Just knocked, you knocked me <laughs> off my chair. Hold a second. I happen to be swallowing coffee. And thanks to you, expelled about half a cup of it through my nose onto my computer, which fortunately is shut. I had to shake things up. <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you ashamed of yourself? <laughs> no. <laughs> mm, just a 
rapid shot of coffee. Uh, you, I think you really ought to come over here and offer to clean this up. <laughs> <laughs> How many miles apart are we, by the way? Well, I'm down in the southeastern United States, mm -hmm. and I assume you're up in the northeast. I'm pretty much in New York, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the moment, Connecticut, but yeah, I'm a, I'm in the Upper East group of folks. I mean, I wish I had lived more places in America. Like where? I, well, I like the Southwest. I, I, I also like the Great Plains. And in fact, I did grow up in the Great Plains, but I didn't appreciate them until I left and realized that uh, Buffalo Bill had lived in my state and that uh, Crazy Horse and Sitting Bull and all of the Big Sioux had probably crossed what eventually was my house when it was bare land. Uh, as, as a kid, I wanted to be an Indian. And I remember the patience with which people tried to convince me that you can't really do that. Um, and I, I didn't see why not. Or start over as one. I think I made my parents feel guilty for having me born and live in civilization. <laughs> A teepee was more my speed. Having a, a pulpit like Twitter, you have 18,100 followers, and you're following 13 people. What do you find that experience is like, where you're able to instantly communicate with the masses like that? What do I, what do, are you saying what I have? Yeah, you have this following on Twitter. You can instantly communicate with people. Anyone out there, by the way, it's at the Dick Cavett. And you know what I have trouble with Twitter, uh, and I part of me hates the whole business, but um, I don't know where to find the replies. Uh huh. Isn't that pathetic? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Partly pathetic. <laughs> hey, man, I'm trying to get myself up to Twitter here. You mean up to Twitter as in learn all the ins and outs? Well, just to, to, where am I supposed to look for uh, replies? Sometimes they seem to be there, and sometimes there are none. Just a column of all the stuff you've written or whatever. I think under your tweet, if you, if you click on the little word bubble, it'll show you all the people who've written back. What? I'm looking at it now. Me and Anthony Quinn sitting there. Sure, it's Anthony Quinn. And here's it. Now I'm on tweet, which I don't want to hit, of course. Where under there or whatever is our. So you'll see the most recent tweet Need medical opinion. Can heal spurs move to the brain? And then. Yeah, that, that is the most recent. And then you'll see. Holy, yeah. Under that, you'll see. I, f I fumble with it too. I started to click the little word bubble, but you actually click the little down arrow that says more. I did? I was not aware of that. Right now, Tweet is standing cleanly in the clear. And did you say move the 
cursor to the right and bottom of it? No, no. Uh, There's nothing there. If you click the actual words, like somewhere in the sentence, like, can heal spurs move to the brain? Click right. one of the words, and bam, it'll show you. Okay, I'll click spurs. And you'll see different people. Like, I believe we now have clear evidence is one person's reply. There's a total of 39 replies. It doesn't tell me that. It tells me, oh, yes, it does. Sorry, 329. A like is a reply. Uh, no, a like is just... Well, this a, is 329 likes. Yeah, and 39 replies. And where do you see... Oh, down here. So... I'm tweeting a reply right now. All I've got is a blank blinking. You gotta help me. <laughs> if you did, what you... do you boys do in the afternoon? <laughs> oh, we go to tweet, <laughs> teach Dick what to click. <laughs> <laughs> How would you define Dick Cavett? Um, that's a question for Mel Brooks. <laughs> oh, 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 Mel Brooks did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deck the question by using Mel's definition of me. Spectacularly Gentile. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm faced with 60 retweets, 329 likes, mm -hmm. those goofy pork round things. Pork round things? Yeah. People's faces in them. Yeah, those are those are the replies. Those are people. But if I click on the second one from the left, oh, then I get her replies. You'll see the the most recent one was for me. It says we're talking about this right now. Oh my God, we see. <laughs> that's, that's me. Exciting. Add the Paul Leslie. That's me. Wait a minute. I, oh, I lost uh, the column. Where, how did I get here? I go up around where it says tweet. Compose new tweet. We don't want that. How did I get that? I've lost you. How do I get back to you? <laughs> do you he, uh, here's the heel spurs tweet. Mm -hmm. Now, now click with your mouse on any of the words. Like, for example, click on the word spurs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Click that. So that's likely to be a, the most likely word. Now, are you telling me that each of those portrait circles or chocolate chip things are um, I can get an answer on? I don't know. I think that those are the people who liked it. Those little bubbles. Like yeah, yeah. But then if you... Do, do you wait a minute. Shannon Leary just came up. Shannon Leary. We must be giving her oh, a surprise. Shannon Leary. I see her. Yeah. Yeah. But there's nothing there to indicate that she's answering me. I think Maybe she's just so. liked. She's just... She's, just, she's a liker. She gave your approval. But do you yeah. see... What are you seeing right now? Shannon Leary in an oval of the sky mm -hmm. tweets 8,382 following 2933. 
Hmm. How can that be so small? What's following mean? Following means that they are one of your, you have 18,100 people who are reading what you write. Where do you see that? I'm seeing tweets 451. You you wrote 451 statements or tweets, if you will. You're following 13 people. And then followers, it says 18.1K, 18.1,000. Oh, well, I've gone up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I barely, I rarely do this. Think how big I could be if I did it more. <laughs> I see. Oh yeah. Now, I'm into other people's stuff now, so I think I'd like to go back to my world. <laughs> I feel comfortable. <laughs> I feel like it. Swear. And do all sorts of things. Well, thank you. You've you've given me a boost in my knowledge of this. My pleasure. Yeah. I should have met you sooner. <laughs> Anyone out there, if they want to follow Dick Cavett on Twitter, it's at the Dick Cavett. They can also visit dickcavettshow.com. C-A-V-E-T-T. I remember staying up late at night when I was about 9 or 10, and I told my parents, I said, I've been watching this guy, these shows late at night. It's called Dick Cavett. And my parents just (laughs) laughed at me. (laughs) And all these years later, here we are. One One of the few things about being known is I don't have to be Cavett quite as often as I used to be. Um, do you get my show on uh, decades? I don't, but I do I do access them from YouTube. But you don't have decades. I don't. Everywhere I go, people say, loving your show on decades. It's not, I guess it's not carried everywhere. They're they're still growing, but I'm on five nights a week, and usually with another play during the day in the morning. I see. I, I just looked it up. It's decades dot com. Uh-huh. Yeah, one of the first things that shows up on there is 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 you. There you go. How cool! Wow, boy, I changed your life. <laughs> well, in closing, do you have yeah. any? Any words for our listeners? Anything at all? Um, let's see. You mean words to live by sort of thing? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the Frenchman La Rochefoucauld. Uh, should I do it in English? Yeah. Sure. We can all find something not entirely displeasing in the misfortunes of our friends. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> That's a sweet one, isn't it? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, sir, thank you very well, much. It's been a pleasure. I guess we both have to go back to our nap now. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> you, know well, you do this very nicely, Paul. This was, this was not even painful. <laughs> I have to say, you made me completely and totally relax. Oh, my God, that's good. Yeah. 
well, watch out for pickpockets while you're completely relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much good advice. Okay, well, well, perhaps we shall meet again. I hope so. Until next time. <laughs> have a Don't good be one. a stranger, you hear? I won't. Thank you very okay, much. Paul. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. The Paul Leslie Hour is hosted, produced, and written by Paul Leslie for Lifestyles Entertainment. For information, visit thepaulleslie.com. Thank you for being with us. Until next time.